Welcome into another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Easton Freeze. Easton, how are you tonight? What is going on? I could not be better. How are you? <laughs> Couldn't be better. That's uh, always good. <laughs> All right, so before we get rolling on this one, remind you this is a home this is a Broadway Sports Media podcast. Broadwaysportsmedia.com is the website. Check that out for your best Titans news and analysis. Uh, the, the podcast is Home Run Throwback. You can get that wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. Easton is at Easton Freeze. You can also get Easton's podcast, The Titans 10, wherever you get your podcasts. So search that out as well. Okay, so the Titans go to Foxborough, uh, end up losing, you know, 36 to 13. Uh, it was. <laughs> Was it closer than that? Maybe. It, w- it was a much closer game. Than <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, you know. Um, listen, I-, I think that if you were being honest with yourself before, you know, at, at 11.30 Central Time this morning, this would, it would be about what you expected, right? I mean, right. They, they can't win with this group of, of skill position players. It's just not that they can't do it. Nobody can. And no, 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 no. It's an AAF team out there. Yeah. It's not a. I mean, it's a, it's an NFL quarterback and an AAF skill position group. It's. I mean, and I don't know if you saw Jim Wyatt. I think posted the, you know, the unofficial depth chart from Week One against the Cardinals. And if you just saw all the names that have been scratched out from that depth chart that were not available today, most of them are on IR. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when that was when that one came when he posted that, I don't think they had put AJ on IR yet. But I, I mean, it's just it, it's unbelievable. It, it really is. And, I believe they're missing eight of twenty-two starters. I could yeah. have that number wrong. It could be more than that, but it was at least eight. No, I mean that makes perfect sense. And when you're running out running backs that weren't on the team three weeks ago, practice squad guys, um, man. Yeah, Dontrell Hilliard. Uh, so listen, I mean, again, not not really much different. And could be expected. I will say this: they ran the ball really well today, and I don't the best know, they've run all season. Yeah, and you know, um, I don't know. It's not even like they had 270 total yards of rushing. None of that really was in junk time. I mean, that was like in the game they were able to run it, and you know, you would think that the Patriots would be geared up for that, and, and pretty much nothing else because there's nobody on the outside, obviously, that strikes fear in you. But the Titans were able to move the ball on the ground and you know you don't there's a couple fumbles there if you don't have those who knows what we're talking about uh we'll get into to some of the play calling stuff I, I thought that when they got the that possession in the third quarter backed up they probably should have tried to run it a little bit just because they were running it so well but listen i, I mean again it, it sucks the, the a lot of bad things they're no longer the number one seed i mean all that stuff is, is certainly in the play but i i don't really know what else you could have expected with this group coming in today? No, I mean, listen, in terms of the scoreboard, it's about, well, I say that. I don't think it, it, I don't think anybody was expecting it to be that bad. Obviously, the spread was seven, seven and a half. Uh, You felt like that was a little bit inflated, but probably around right. Um, And it ended up being, you know, at least one of those touchdowns was a, like not a garbage time touchdown for the the Patriots, but it was when the game was already over. Right, right? you go for it on fourth and fourteen. Give them the <clears> right, yeah. right, in deep in your territory, whatever. Right. But um, in terms of in terms of the everything else in the box score outside of points and outside of turnovers, um, it was 
it was honestly better than you than you expected it to go. And I think at halftime, the the feeling after that that long Dontrell Hilliard run that he broke off there to make it 16-13 at half, which it it's just now dawning on me that they didn't score again the rest of the game and yeah. allowed and allowed uh how twenty some odd unanswered points, but uh which is just really bad. But here's I mean, this game is really simple in my opinion. And I, I tweeted a number of these things to this effect. The the margin for error for this version of the Titans, which is an AAF team with a, an NFL quarterback, right? Like the margin for error was razor thin, particularly against a Bill Belichick team, which is always historically speaking, one of the most, if not the most disciplined franchises in the entire league, right? Bill Belichick's teams do not beat themselves. They get you to beat yourself. And that's true of any team at full strength. But when you are a team of lawn chairs and deck furniture and, and you know, you're just like, it's, it's duct tape and, and uh, popsicle sticks holding you together, your margin for error is just that much more slim. And from the beginning, I mean, the Titans had a, a couple of, of bad penalties on the first two drives of the game that ended up, you know, obviously not going in their favor. From that point on, that was kind of the that was kind of the story today, in my opinion. They 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 weren't making too many dramatic errors. Uh, they weren't they weren't shooting themselves in the foot in in grandiose fashion, but they were doing just these little cuts and nicks that they were taking, little mistakes. They're making a penalty here, uh, an overthrown pass there, um, a, a well defended pass by Kevin Byard that goes that he overshoots and in uh, is a large completion there little mistakes that aren't monumental errors but but you know things that things that are unforced errors right they stacked up for a team that had a, a very small margin for error against a a good disciplined New England team and at the end of the day it was too much to overcome for a team that had no room for error yeah, that's the thing, right? I mean, you had to – if the Titans were realistically going to have a chance to win this game, they were going to have to force a couple of turnovers. Create, See, first of all, you have to win the turnover battle. Right, create like create a short field, maybe even get a defensive score. Uh, those are the types of things that, that were going to have to happen for the Titans to have a chance here, and they didn't do any of those things. Like They're minus three, again, in turnovers. Um, they didn't create any. Uh, the two just bad fumbles, you know. Um, and again, guys, listen, guys, that's – part of why those guys were available in week eight or nine of the season, you know? Um, and, and, and again, not, those guys did the, the running backs were really good today. Um, but right. it's something you would expect. And then the, you, you know, Ryan Tannehill throws the pick, Ryan Tannehill, honestly, there were a couple of other passes that probably should have been picked off. Um, he had his play where he forgets that there's somebody in front of his receiver. And he luckily, did. luckily did. the guy just missed the ball this time. I know. So, I know. so that was good. But, um, you know, the pick that he threw, Devin McCourty made a really good play to get up and, and tip that ball up. I'm going to say, of all the of all the passes that he made, that one was, I mean, yeah. that pick was not on him nearly as much as the near picks were on him, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, I would have liked to seen a different play call there. Uh, Agreed. The, the play where they, you know, fake the handoff one way and ro- rolled Tannehill around the other side. I ha- uh, I hate that bootleg play at the goal line for any team, and I saw it a couple times today. I, yeah. I hate that on the goal line. I don't know why it's called. But you know, I, I mean, so I mean, there's you know, there's a few things there, but like I said, at the end of the day, I mean, that's that. 
it's really, this is really about what you would have expected. Um, and, you know, we don't need to rehash the whole Tannehill thing again, um, seeing some more stuff about that. But listen, like, nobody's winning with this group. I mean, I, I just don't care. Like, no. there's not. And if you away winning. from this game that Ryan Tannehill was the problem, right. just, yeah. like, I don't. I don't yeah. have I don't have there's energy for you. For you. You're, exactly. you're, you're very foolish. You don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no there's no sense in even responding to any of that stuff. Um, but listen, here's here's the thing. So you, you we, we've had these. You've seen teams like this in the past where they have all these injuries. They all start to mount up, and it, it's just the season kind of falls off a cliff because everybody's gone. That doesn't feel like it's the case for this team because it feels like those guys are coming back, right? Um, thank goodness for the short-term IR because if we didn't have no that, kidding. then, you know. Isn't that wild? Yeah, who knows where, they, where this team would be. But uh, Julio has a chance to come back after the bye. Uh, obviously, AJ's got to miss a couple of weeks, but, you know, maybe he is able to get healthy in a couple of weeks. So you, got, you got is, three potential big returns in a row. Right. Well, actually, actually four based on the timeline for Henry. I mean, like, yeah. at, at best case scenario, Julio is back the first week they're back. Then Bud Dupree, Bud Dupree the right. second week. Yep. Then A.J. Brown the third week. And then technically, Derrick Henry the fourth week. Although, obviously, I don't think that's going to yeah. happen. But fourth or fifth week. I mean, by that fifth week, obviously, you'll we'll be at, a, at the point where we'll know, you know, the hearing the rumblings of Henry back at practice you know, sightings of him, which is, this is a tangent, but it's bizarre. He was really active on social media. I realized this earlier this week. He was really active on social media all the season, on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, and then after his injury, he has not said a word anywhere. He has completely disappeared, which I guess is like, it's, you know, it's your, it's, it's like, it's up to, like, it's not a big deal. You know, he, he's welcome to do that. He's a, a private citizen, but it's kind of bizarre that he's not, like, we've not heard or seen anything from him since his injury. He's in the lab, man. He's he's rehabbing. Is he that what that time. is? He's like he he's like to, yeah. he's like Batman on the yeah, men. Yeah, he, he about to, to, to post. I, I got gotcha. you. Of course, yeah. of course. Well, and I think listen, a lot of his social media stuff. He's doing his, his Russell Wilson 20, 27 <laughs> hours a day yeah, recovery. Exactly. He's too busy with that. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. No, but I mean, I don't. I, <laughs> honestly, for the first few weeks here, I don't think there's anything. I mean, he's probably just staying off of it. You know, I, mean, I know. That, that's yeah, really yeah. The, the the thing. Probably smart of him, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. So, so anyway all that to say that there's a chance that this team is able to get guys back and is able to be more of the team that we thought we would see at the beginning of the year once we get closer to the playoffs. So that's good. Um, the Buccaneers came back and beat the Colts today. That's good because, you know, Massive. part of our, part of our, you know, really good feeling coming into, you know, before last week's game was, Hey, the Titans have the Texans twice. You know, we went through all of that and the, and the Colts got to play the the Bills and the Buccaneers, and they're going to lose right. both of those games, you know. Right. And then they they win the Bills game, and then they were leading that game today late. And it's like okay, because you know with the way this team has played, with the other injuries that have happened since Derrick Henry, with you know we can't assume any wins anymore. Um, a, a, a two game lead was not feeling all that great, uh, but sure. luckily, like I said, the Buccaneers pulled that out. So you still have that three-game lead there. The magic number, I think, is down to three. So that it means is. any any combination of three Titans wins or three Colts losses, uh, you know, any combination of the two gets you to a division title. And listen, I think I know a lot of people are still hanging on to the number one seed. I just that's gone in my opinion. I just I don't see how 
they can win enough over this last stretch, and maybe everybody else sucks too, and and it, you know whatever. But I, I I think that hanging on to that is, is probably a little bit foolish at this point, just because I don't. I, again, with everything that's happened, I just I just don't see how they're going to win that many games. I actually to, to disagree with you. Yeah, I think it's I I I get I get the the notion. I I think it's I think it's gone the idea that the Titans have the inside track to the one seed. I think that's obviously obviously true now that they have you know they they had a two game lead on the conference at one point um and they've they've now come back to the pack and are now co-leaders uh technically behind new england because of the tiebreaker right but um the teams that are up there with them new england tennessee um and if the in we're recording right now in the middle of the ravens browns sunday night football game if the ravens were to win this game tonight they will be at eight and four as well i believe those are the only three teams um, the Ravens, if you've looked at their their schedule at the end of the season, it is one of, if not the most difficult schedules in the entire league. It's like it's like Browns, Bengals. I mean, it's it's impossible. I think it's I think their final five teams are all teams that are over five hundred currently. So they you know they're going to have to just go crazy to get the one seed. Um, and then New England, they now have the tiebreaker over Tennessee. Yes, but they still have the Bills twice, as well as, I was looking at it earlier today, they have at least one other game against a really formidable opponent, as well as a game against uh, the Dolphins, which the Dolphins are surging right now. Uh, their defense looked really great today. So, you know, I, that, a divisional game, who knows, right? And so the Titans, their remaining games are still Jaguars, a game they absolutely should win. Steelers, based on how they look right now, a game they absolutely should win. Niners, looks like it's going to be actually a pretty good game. We, we looked at that, you know, a couple weeks ago. We we're like, oh, that's yeah, another game. Different. Gonna, right. Yeah, different now. The Niners game and the Dolphins game both look like they aren't definitely aren't gimmies. And then the Texans game, which should be a gimme. Again, like we, we know the Titans don't do gimmies. But on paper, uh, they, have, they have three games they absolutely should win and two games that they probably will be favored in, if not, you know, pretty even odds. Um, and so according to the New York Times playoff tracker thing, which we've been talking about a lot all season, everybody does, great product New York Times puts out. Uh, it's a playoff calculator. Just search up New York Times NFL calculator. You'll find it. A lot of cool things you can play around with on there. But the Titans, uh, as of this game, I believe their, their odds for the one seed dropped. Their, their, their odds, uh, based on the 100,000 simulations they run on there, dropped from 43%, which was the overwhelming favorite of anybody in the AFC. The next closest before this game was New England at 17%. Now I believe New England is at 26%. The Titans are at 24%. And then everybody else is uh, a good margin back from that. Uh, just because, again, the Ravens have to win tonight and then they have a ridiculous schedule. So, uh, the like I said, the inside track is gone. But they are one of two teams that still has... A um, that still has a you know one fourth ish chance of getting that one seed, and they'll be on on a bye next week. So you'd you'd think oh you know some teams could pass them up and get a one game lead, um, but the team again the teams there at the top with them are the Ravens, assuming they win tonight. Which you know last I checked it's a close game, so no no yeah, give six, me there six three at halftime. <clears throat> okay, yeah. So uh, let's just say that they do find a way to win this game. Um, they have again. I have to check, but it's some opponent above 500 because all their remaining opponents are above 500. They Next play. Week. I've got it pulled up. They play 
Steelers, Browns, Packers, Bengals, Rams. So yeah, it's in Steelers again. So yeah, they've okay. got a tough. They've got a tough road, and they suck. Right. Listen, the Ravens I, are not. I good. agree. I do. I, I think that they're they are like, they are fine, but I, they're still yeah, just really low. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But so they they're no guarantee to win next week against the Steelers team that's going to be just you know they got their tail between their legs after today's performance, and then the Patriots play their first of two divisional games against the Bills next week. So it's very possible that um, actually going into week 14, when the Titans come back, they are still tied atop uh, the AFC. And it's then just a who can have the best record over the last five games, right? And in in that case, the Titans had by far the easiest stretch there between those three teams. Now, there are other teams that could come up. The Bengals looked really good today. I believe they're one game back. Uh, the the Chiefs obviously are surging. Um, yeah. Outside of those two teams, the, the Bills, Bills, the Bills, Bills, seven and four. Yeah, the Bills. So, those right. those three teams are the three kind of right there on the heels. But um, like so again, just to to round that long conversation up. Yes, the inside track. Their their large, you know, their their um, position that they had been in for weeks and weeks for at least a month now, where the one seed was theirs to lose. Um, I don't think that they necessarily lost it, but. Um, they they have definitely lost that inside track. And the last thing I, I want to say before I'll, I'll get off the soapbox is, like like you mentioned, I, I've been saying on this this program now for a couple of weeks that the Colts uh, have been uh, and today still remain dead in the AFC South. I, I tweeted this out earlier today, and I, it seems that there are a number of you out there that are a bit confused about this. I understand it looks like the Colts smell. I, I had somebody tweet at me this week that the Colts smell blood in the division. Colts are no. Listen, they can. I mean, they can. They can. Their sniffers can detect whatever they want to detect. But unfortunately, they uh, they are dead, and they have been dead since October. They remain with a, uh, I believe, as of, as of right now, a three percent chance to win the division. Uh, they would have to win out, and the Titans would have to have a losing record over the five remaining games, and that's just not going to happen. So it's all too little, too late for the Colts. The Titans have won the division. They've been division champs <laughs> since October. Uh, which is just a real shame for a Colts team that looks real good right now. They blew it today. You know, this is interesting. Another tangent just for you to laugh at. You know, Frank Reich, the 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 god among men sent to coach football, uh, he he apparently today, and, you know, he's got this player, Jonathan Taylor, which they tell me, pretty good running back. I hear he's, I hear he's playing pretty good right now. They got that guy on, on their team, and at one point today against the Bucks, a team that I'm told is a very good team that you want to, you know, beat probably with your best players. At one point, Frank Reich, uh, while they were leading, called 26 consecutive passing plays. Yeah, I saw that. That was interesting because I was watching. I guess I flipped over there at some point because that game was on here as well. And it was, I mean, I don't know. It was in the fourth quarter, and it was Jonathan Taylor's first carry of the second half. Right, um, yeah, yeah, just it started the second half. That's what it was. stupid, right, in a game. Oh. It's not like they were down by three scores, you know, like – I know. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, wild. No, there, there's a lot of stuff there, um, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching from here on out. Because really, when you pull up everybody's schedule, um, the good news is when you look at the Bills and the Chiefs, the Titans would have a tiebreaker with them, obviously, because they beat them head to head. Those Patriots Bills games are going to be interesting. You kind of, I, I guess, hope that the Bills are able to somehow sweep those games. Um, I think that, you have that to, probably. Right? I mean, yeah, that probably puts you in a better better shot. If, again, if we're talking about the one seed. Um, but the Buccaneers are going to be a very interesting team for this, <laughs> for our purposes, because they've got they've got some games here. The Patriots and the Colts play each other in a couple of weeks. 
Um, so, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff to, to watch. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe it's not as bleak. I just, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> until they get, I, I mean, hopefully Julio comes back for the Jaguars game. I, I just, I, his leg, man, I, don't, I just don't know if it's, if it's ever going to be the same. And, I, I mean, I don't, they don't need him to be, you know, the Julio from two or three years ago. They just need him to be a guy, a guy that we saw in the, in the Seahawks game, right? I was about to I say, mean, the guy we've get, seen in yeah, flashes, if yeah. that guy can be on the field and not, you know, die right. after yeah. one full game, then that's great. I mean, that's right. a real wide receiver, too. Yeah, that's that's what they need. Um, if they can get him back and then, you know, just tread water until AJ gets back and then again, you, you know, just get to Derek. I mean, I mean, all those things are, are certainly in play. Um, and they should but, manage him, and I mean, people aren't going to yeah. like it, but they should manage him the remainder of the no, season. Absolutely. Obviously, you can't yeah. overlook that Jaguars game. This is something that I've found funny. The last, like, three or four seasons in a row, I swear the Titans, you the, the schedule comes out in March or wherever. You look at the schedule, and the Titans, it feels like they never get a bye that's advantageous to them in terms of game planning. It's always like, oh, man, hopefully, who's the, who's the let's, you're looking at, because you, you see who they play before you find out when they play them. And as a Titans fan, you're looking at the thing like, Oh man, you know they've got they got Cardinals this year. Oh, they got Chiefs, Bills. Okay, so like uh, Rams. So we just we just gotta hope we play one of them off the bye, so that we you know we get an advantage there. And it's always the freaking Texans or the Jaguars. Or they always have a team where it's like you don't need extra prep for this. This is garbage. Um, but yeah, so they get the Jags off the bye. They should be prepared for that. Mike Vrabel is really good off of a bye. Um, but that's that's the kind of game where. You know, if at halftime things are going swimmingly and you've got or, you know, in the third quarter, things are kind of wrapped up, you know, call, call it a day for. Yeah. All Julio. Well, and it's almost <laughs> like a, a deal where you put together a, a package for him. Right. Yes. And, and yeah. you know, I mean, that would kind of feel like a, a thing that they could do and and just to, to limit his, his snaps in that way. Um, you know, listen, you talk about the buy. I mean, yeah, it's the Jaguars coming off of but the, the buy couldn't come at a better time for this team. Uh, oh, just with, with goodness, no. On. Yeah, and there is looked... no NFL team in the history of the league that <laughs> right. has needed the bye when they received it more than this Titans team right now. And, and from about the middle of the third quarter on, they looked like a team that just was ready to get to the bye. And, oh, and, it, and it's hard to blame yes. them, right? I mean, you know, no. like I said, it, last week was really, really frustrating. This week was just kind of like, okay, like let's just get this over with. Let's let's get back with the guys that we currently have, and and you know get ready for the Jaguars in two weeks. I mean, and that's that's kind of what I mean. Obviously, again, that's not what anybody in that building is thinking or on those on that sideline is thinking. But as fans, as we sit here and watch it, it's like, man, let's just let's just get out of this without any, get anybody else hurt. Let's move on because, like you said, it's just funny because I was doing some things during the game today, and so I went back and and watched it tonight. Um, and, you know, they, they score the touchdown. Dr. Hilliard scores a touchdown to make it 16-13. And it dawned on me right then. I was like, they don't score again. <laughs> you know, and so it was kind of right. Like, yeah, like it, it, it felt, I don't know, because it was just, I don't know, it felt weird and just different than when I, when I watched it the first time. Like I said, kind of like one eye on the screen. But, you know, and even the defense, I mean, they look like a group that, that needs a break, right? Because, you know, you haven't seen the, the pressure – being turned up like it was against the Rams on Sunday night, right? right? That that was the last time we really saw this defense shine. Now the the Texans did a good job last week of, you know, not not a lot of deep drops, rolling Tyrod out. I mean, they did a good job of negating the pass rush in that way. Um, Mac Jones got rid of the ball quickly today. I saw that tonight. I can't remember what his time was, but I mean, he was dropping back and getting rid of it. So I mean, right. obviously now it's become a thing with this group where. 
you're not taking the deep drops. You're not. It, it's kind of a. It seems like an in-season adjustment from what everybody assumed the Titans were based on last year. Oh, where, absolutely. Because there was some game last year. I can't remember who it was. I'm trying to think. But anyway, there was a game last year where one of the – I think it was the Packers game where either Matt LaFleur or somebody else said, yeah, we knew we could do some stuff against the Titans that we weren't going to be able to do against other believe, teams because we had – yeah, we had so we have so much time to let plays develop, you know, because yeah. there, was, there was no pass rush. So now you're seeing the, kind of the other adjustment, right, where guys are it's, – it's, it's quick stuff, getting the ball out. Um, so, again, this is the, the point where, you know, they'll self-scout – You'll, you'll hear them talk about that over the next couple of weeks and see, you know, what adjustments they need to make based on the personnel and all that stuff. And so we'll see. Listen, and, and you know, Vrabel has typically been really good at that kind of stuff. He's been good when he has an extended time to plan for a team. Um, he's been good when he has, you know, extra week to prepare, that type of stuff. So hopefully they can use – they can do some of that in this to just – and, again, they're, they're – you can compensate. You can compensate for so much. You can't compensate on offense for what they have. And like yeah. I said, I, I see a lot of. There's a lot of Todd Downing hate out there, and I don't think that Todd Downing has done a just you know fantastic job. But I think to evaluate him on what they've been able to do to this point is is it's it's not fair. And that may not. I, seem, no, I was about to say it, he managed. He's managed actually some impressive things given and, and like I guess like. Sorry, continue with what no, you're saying. Well, I was no, just going to say, no, that's fine. But I was just going to say, like, a, a lot of people, and I mean myself included, w- at the beginning of the Arthur Smith era, you were like, man, is this guy ready? Like, is he really, like, what, what's going on That's here? exactly what I and was going to say. And then Ryan Tannehill comes in and year. everything changes. All of a sudden, Arthur Smith's a really good offensive coordinator, you know? So, I, I mean, there's some to that. And yeah, like I said, there are some there are some questionable things that happen during games, and I, I'm not trying to discount any of that. Like some I said, situational things when, yeah, that are when, odd, like very fair when, to criticize. Obviously. When they're backed up, and I was going to pull this up because I mentioned it a minute ago, but when they're backed up, um, let's see, they got the ball back. It's 1913. They get the ball back at, at their own 11, and they they call three straight pass plays with the with the rushing with the running game doing as well as it's doing. Right. Like to me, that was kinda like, man, let's let's hand it off a couple times and see if we can get a little breathing room. You know, uh, something that you see offensive coordinators do a lot. And sometimes right. it, it's frustrating and listen, I, I'm glad he didn't run on second and ten because second and ten is my least favorite run play. <laughs> you know. But no like I, I would you would have maybe liked to see them see if they could get something going on the ground there with with the success they've been able to have. But sure. overall, I mean, are, are we really going to judge Todd Downing on what he did today when, I mean, come on. Like, you got Nick Westbrook-Akinan for all the, like, whatever. In the, and, and he's been fine. Like, don't, I'm, not, I'm not really trying to knock him here because I, I think he's done a good job with his opportunities. But when that guy's your number one, like, the, I was about to say, he's a very he's a so complete, much you can do. He's a completely serviceable yeah, wide receiver yeah, yeah. three. But when you've got NWI on an island against JC Jackson, get like get out of here, dude. That's I mean, it's just it's just foolishness. Yeah, and look, and there was a throw. I mean, the the throw to Chester Rogers that Tannehill missed. You know, again, like that that's a touchdown if he makes a good throw. Yeah, I mean, so yep. there there were certain things that if they break differently in this game, maybe we're having a different conversation. Sure. I don't, I, you know, and like you said. The, it's just the it's a razor thin margin right here, and if you if you miss 
one of those things you probably don't win. When you miss that throw, when they you, stack up. When the guy makes the good, when when McCourty makes a good play in the end zone, when you have two fumbles, I mean, like then there's just no chance. And that's and, really and the pa- and the Patriots, happens. as disciplined as they are, they aren't right. making those mistakes. Yes, right. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the difference. Yeah, and, and so that's what you saw today. And again, like if we're if if we're at full strength and we're we're seeing this game play out the same way, then there's concern, right? Because you played a team that is really good, that is, you know, going to be there in January in the mix. And they were, like you said, they, they take advantage of these opportunities and you don't. That's cause for concern. But with what they had today, I mean, it just kind of, I, I hate, it is what it is. I hate that expression. But I mean, that, that's kind of what you walk away from this game thinking. Yeah, it's really, it's not a hard one to break down at all. Um, and it's it's got people in a tizzy, obviously, as as if that wasn't kind of what I mean. A lot of people were projecting a bit in terms of their confidence in this game. Nobody was actually expecting them yes, to blow out right. the Patriots. Yeah, quit like you, you can. I, I get it that like the the confidence, the the Homer tough guy, whatever. Um, but listen, I mean th- that was that shouldn't have been a shock to anybody. Um, I'd wager it wasn't a shock to anybody, right? And. It, they're in a position now where it, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine who's a, a Bills fan, um, and we we talk back and forth all the time just about what it's what it's like to be uh, you know around di- di- the different fan bases. And a lot of in a lot of ways, Titans and Bills fan bases are pretty similar. You know, smaller market. Um, you know, a lot of passion for their team. Uh, feel like they get disrespected in the national media all the time. That kind of thing. Um, and so we just talk from our different vantage points and he was, he, he mentioned to me today, he's like, man, it must be, it must be so weird for the guys that follow you in in the Titans fan base. It must be such a weird thing to be a Titans fan right now. And I was like, yeah, it actually, it is a super weird thing because it's a lot of, he he said, it, it feels like it's probably a lot of hurry up and wait for the Titans fans because you, you can't really evaluate the team because the team's not out there. Um, and it's a lot of, you know, promises on paper of, you know, this person back th- at this time, this person back at this time that, oh, the team's going to get back and all healthy in time for the playoffs. And so there's just so many questions, right? It's like, who's coming back when, um, you know, that's, is that best case scenario? Are we, are we confident they're going to come back then? Um, if they do come back then, uh, are they going to be a hundred percent health wise? If they do come back then and are a hundred percent health wise, um, are, are they going to be rusty? You know, if they do come back and are 100% health-wise and aren't rusty, will the team mesh, right? It's all these layers of things. It's like, okay, well, they could come back or they could be rusty or they could come back and not be rusty, but, you know, they haven't been a part of the, the offense or the defense. So they're so that's that's kind of what it's like to be a Titans fan right now, yeah? It's it's a team that you know what they're – you have a feeling that you have a good grasp on what their ceiling is. Um, you know, you've experienced their floor lately, and it's a team that's, you know – Thankfully, they positioned themselves well uh, through the begin. You know, the first half of the season, they, that defining stretch of games that ended up being, you know, even even more defining of this regular season than we even could have imagined at the time. Right? Um, it's it's an interesting position for them to be in, and really, their season is predicated on how quickly can they get on the mend and get guys back these, you know, these next 13 days are crucial, but then how can they manage that? You know, how can they manage these final five games and roll into the postseason as 
healthy as physically possible, right? And, and it's an interesting position to be in when you have a bye this late in the season, week 13, right? It's the second latest bye on the schedule. It's it's a weird position to be in for a team, obviously, because it's a pick your poison kind of thing, right? You have an earlier bye, you know, it it benefits you in the mid I like this games often times, you know, really just crawl into that buy because they've gone so long without a break, but then it benefits them in the mid to long term of the season. You know, you saw, we saw a team, the Titan, I'm not saying the Titans necessarily will do this, but they are in the same position, almost identical position uh, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in last year, right? Tampa Bay had a week 13 buy. They, Stumbled into it. I believe they they either lost one or two in a row headed into the bye. I think the last we saw of the Buccaneers before their bye was the Tom Brady holding up uh, a three yeah. when it was on fourth yeah. down against the Bears when they blew that game. And, you know, they spent those two weeks in the lab, obviously, while the rest of the, the you know, football fans and national media, the discourse around them is that, you know, oh, will, will they even get into the wild card? And obviously they were in a different position, different division and everything at the time. So they were even just trying to get into the playoff. But they were, I believe they were seven and five. Titans were eight and four. They go into that late bye. They get healthy at, you know, vital positions. They get some vital players back, guys that had been, you know, that had been on the IR gives them time to get rested and back guys that were playing through injuries, gives them a chance to kind of reset guys that were struggling, you know, the Ryan Tannehill's, you know, who, or just like I say, Ryan Tannehill, cause he brought this up just wanting today in his press conference, just wanting to mentally reset. And that's something that I'm sure that Mike Vrabel and the Titans will be pressing uh, during this, you know, physically and mentally reset for this buy. But they they came out of the bye, and not only were they you know the most rested team at that time in the season because they had such a late bye, and everybody else hadn't had a break in a while, but they then reeled off I think five four or five straight regular season wins, and then didn't lose again. Went won the Super Bowl. So the the point being, the late bye is what I mean. It's what you make it right. It can be the launch point for a great end of season run and be exactly what a team needs in particular if it's a team like the titans that is so desperately banged up that it's to the point of hilarity um or it can be a, a, a just a a slight pause in the uh continuation of their downward spiral and, and they they look less like the 2020 buccaneers and more like the 2020 steelers because that's still on the table as well right could be a team that started hot and got hot at the wrong time and injuries and, and other things. They, the league kind of figured them out a little bit. They lost key players, and then they kind of just go out with a whimper in the playoffs after being at the top of the at the top of the division and the top of the conference for so much of the regular season. So those it's I think those are really the two available avenues for them, right? They could they can use this buy and become a Buccaneers-esque team and use it to their advantage, or they can use this buy and continue to look more and more like that Steelers team that was incredibly disappointing. Yeah, and, you know, I'd say as, as a society, not to get on some, like, you know... As a society. Here, but we're, we're not good <laughs> at delayed gratification, right? No, that's, no that's not, not a thing that that's people are that. These Very days, right? bad. And so it, it's hard, right? But listen, <laughs> sure. I, would, I would encourage you to, you know, during this bye week, you know, take some time away. You know, step away for a little bit. Go for a walk. It's going to be really nice here in Nashville this week. 
Uh, weather's it is. Awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, get outside, you know, get a little cardio in, kind of clear your mind a little bit because, listen, there, there's nothing that we can, we, we, like you said, hurry up and wait. Like, we just have to kind of sit here and, and see how it plays out, see when these guys come back. And, and I think it's a really good point that, that you know, kind of those two different two different pathways that the Buccaneers and the Steelers took last year. And maybe we're too close to it, and, and maybe that's why. But it, this just doesn't feel like a team that peaked too early. This feels like a team that's really good when everybody's there and nobody's there right now. And right. so you're just hoping that, that those people come back. And, yeah. the, and there's no reason to – well, I, I said that These guys should be back, right? Again, I, I don't know what we, what we expect from Julio – going forward AJ you know this this injury is not something that should cause him problems once he comes back right and, and quite right. honestly with the stuff that he's had with his knee and you know even a hamstring for him at times like these these four weeks that he gets off now might be good for the the That's late the season run, season run. No, they have to be yeah I mean, I'm sure they'll be beneficial right right Julio so, Bud and AJ like all three of those injuries right they, yeah we've not, been, we've not been given a reason to believe that they are yeah. anything more than a three-week stay on the IR and, now and, obviously that could change but you'd right. expect them to be back and Bud Dupree's thing especially like it, it that injury the abdominal injury it, it, again the only thing we know I think it was Rappaport that said not expected to be a long-term thing right he did yeah so it's better for his for his knee Right <laughs> to have these weeks to, to sure. get back to full health, um, because you know he was obviously it looked like he was trending in the right direction, but now he gets another you know month to to, to get there. So um, I, I, like I said, you know, just I, I would just say that there's a lot of stuff we don't know right now. Um, Titans Twitter can be a disastrous place, a toxic place at times. Right, even when the team's really good, which is funny. Um, I, I think it may be. I think it may be worse when they're good than when they're bad. I don't know. But, um, like I said, step away for a little bit, reset. This team's going to come back, and, and they're going to get their guys back and should be able to make a run. So, I mean, that that's kind of the thing that we walk away from this one. Like you said from the beginning, there's not a whole lot to break down from this game. It just it, it happened. The Patriots were clearly the better team today. Right, I mean, with with the guys Titans set out there, there's no. If, if you didn't think that coming in, you were fooling yourself. So that that's really. I mean, I think that's my biggest takeaway here is that like step away a little bit. Let's just let's just wait and see what happens when everybody hopefully comes back. You know, I don't I don't, I don't think there's really anything much more to say about this. You got anything else? Gone. All right. Well, that'll do it for uh, tonight's Home Run Throwback. Again, as always, we appreciate you listening. Um, We will get an episode out next week as well, kind of reassessing where things are um, as they move forward coming out of the bye. And then we'll be here every week to break it down. Um, Like I said, from the beginning, BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the place to check out all of the best Titans coverage on the Internet. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Easton is at Easton Freeze. You can find his podcast, wherever you get your podcast, Titans 10. Um, just look that up. Subscribe to it. Check it well. out. So for Easton, this is Jimmy Sam. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.